Are we having a party here? I don't know. Welcome to Polishing Profits. Join our three industry experts boasting 140 years of experience as they unlock building service contracting secrets that can revolutionize your business. Well, welcome to another cliffhanging episode of Polishing Profits. And we are your three cliffhangers. Take you right out to the edge and kick at your ankles, right? See if you go over. Anyway, I am Mark Anderson, and we have Sharon Cowan, CBS East, sitting over there. And from the depths and the bowels, somewhere unknown in the United States of America, next to the missile silos, watching the Chinese balloons, making sure they do not gather extra information, Ed Selkow, wave at the people. Well, that's why I'm never coming out of the closet, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's your choice, brother. That's your choice. Well... Hopefully that's entertained you just a bit. We always try to find something new to do around here. You may like it, you may not. Drop us a comment. Hey, if you want us to talk about something, drop us a comment. We're we're always opening. We're not the three wise men on the mountain, so we just well, kind of read things. What? Well, let's just pretend we don't care, okay? Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. We'll pretend. pretend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thou dust protest. Okay. So we're going to continue the importance of delivering quality and what it is. And today we're going to talk about quality is when you meet the customer's mindset of what they expect to receive. In short, they have an outcome. They think the specs are going to deliver an outcome. So you have to really understand what your customer defines as quality. Because at the end of the day, Ed, we were saying earlier in a pre-roll that if they're not satisfied, they leave. So quality really is dependent on them. And it isn't like McDonald's or a product where you can go and expect McDonald's. I can get a hamburger. You know what it's going to be. If I go to Morton Steakhouse or some other, my expectations change, but they deliver. Every one of our customers has a different expectation. So we're going to talk about getting in and crawling around, getting in the mind of your customer, getting in the conversation that's going on in their head about what quality is based on the specifications they've signed with. So clear understanding of the meaning of customer success with all that said. Sharon, we'll let you go first. How's that? That's the $64,000 question. It's like, what do they want from me? And I have found over the years that BSCs are not particularly good listeners. They tend to talk a lot and talk a lot about what they know, which is fine. But Mm -hmm. during the walkthrough is where we, we really start establishing the expectations. And we do that by listening to what the customer is telling us. They drop clues, they drop hints, they give you some real insight into what's going on in their brain. And that's when it's time to zip it and listen. Ask pertinent questions, but then be quiet and listen to what they're telling you and ask more probing questions. So becoming a good listener so you can get inside the head and understand what their perception of quality is and evaluating whether those specifications that you're working from are realistic and whether those expectations can be met based on those specs because it could be their way off. So listening, I would say, is is really one of the number one skills to develop. 
Yeah, I got a quick chuckle before we jump over to Ed there when you said BSCs are, are not normally good listeners. I would go more global than that. Entrepreneurs aren't normally good listeners. Business owners aren't normally good listeners. We're kind of wired to be large and in charge, not in a bad way, but get things done, move along, and it's tough to listen. My, my advice on listening I learned years ago is basically the four to one ratio. You've got two eyes, two ears, and one mouth. God gave you that. Use them accordingly. Right. So when you're in any conversation with a customer or otherwise, but particularly a customer, four to one, you should be talking 25% and observing the other 75. Well, <clears throat> I think the idea of listening, of course, is shouldn't have to be mentioned. Going back a little bit here, my approach was always to take us back as much as I could to the scope of work. Hmm. Try and make that central. Give you an example. One of the things that I did was it was the scope of work that I put into each employee's hands, but it was in order of how it was going to be performed. We were constantly referring to it, you know, constantly referring yeah. to it, you know. The other yeah. thing is, and I mean, I know how horrible it is. I did these big, beautiful buildings, but I was the low bidder. <laughs> um, Another conversation. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I never cried, you know, <laughs> I never cried that once. <laughs> But looking at the scope of work and making that an issue, particularly because money is always an undercurrent. Even when you're not talking about money, it, there's an undercurrent, especially in the business world, you know, the last few years. You yeah, know, I mean, it's all about the money. So, uh, you know, connecting the scope of work and the money. And then, of course, I've always got my experience with the quality college, kind of learning about quality control from a back door of a school that one of the gurus of quality control was running. Okay. Um, so that changed everything for me, really. When we got to see that quality is meeting the specifications. So I'm going to take issue with the whole idea that, yeah, you know, we hear this all the time. It was the customer happy. And it's like, you know, wait a minute, man. The poor creep slept, you know, he slept on the couch last night. You know, <laughs> he tripped over the kid's stuff on the way out. No, he's not going to be happy. And I don't want it to be my responsibility to make him happy, okay? But especially when it comes to cleaning, all right? We can do some other stuff, okay? Would you like another drink? <laughs> <laughs> Which, where do you want to go to lunch? We, we can do some other stuff. That was always my approach. And I was horrified when early on, somebody who I really respected told me, he said, look, I was trying to get through my head the whole idea of a scope of work that we knew that a third of was BS, you know? Yeah, and, and I was real disappointed when somebody I really respected told me, he said, well, they make us lie. Yeah. And that was one of the things that was kind of a line for me. Lying, particularly since uh, there was a couple of things I always did standard when I was going into a building or starting a deal. And one of them was, you're not going to like this, but I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to lie to you. And I'm always going to tell you the truth. The problem is, is that you're not going to like it from time to time. So be advised. That's how it goes from here on. So. Yeah, it's interesting you say that we had, you and I differ on the specs. Yeah, they, I would not disagree at all that they lie to you. We've had that conversation on another episode. They have, most of them, we'll use the 80-20 rule so that we're safe statistically. 
80% have no idea what they're really going to produce or capable of producing anyway. They just know they want a clean building, whatever that is. This is getting back on the inside of their head. We did the same thing when we started accounts. We started that conversation. What do you want these things to produce? We had, and everybody does, we had hot spots, sheets that they looked at, things that were outside the specs. But we wanted to know basically what's going to make you happy with our performance. And the other thing we told them, we're going to fail. I've got people working for me. We were setting, you know, getting in the customer's mind again. It's setting the expectation. We're not going to be perfect. You're not going to be without trouble. But when it does happen, it will be handled. It'll be handled professionally. And in a perfect world, it's not going to show up again based on what it was. But yeah, you have to set those expectations. And, you know, again, it's like our other point here, and I'm looking down at the notes, customer relations and partnering includes everything you do or fail to do. And it has an effect on the attitude towards the customer's opinion of your company and your service. That's what Sharon had put down in our notes. Sharon, you want to talk to that just briefly and understanding the customer's pain you know, when we do and don't yeah. provide you know, we... listening to those pain points, because mm-hmm. if you can key into those and make sure that those are covered in the specs somewhere, for example, if the customer says these, the cleaners, well, one of the most common pain points people have is that they don't refill the dispensers in the restrooms. They, they miss those. So that's a key pain point, that's what you would put in your walkthrough notes, and that's something to address in the specs. And to Ed's point about the sequence of the specs, that's really, now that becomes a training tool, which Mm -hmm. is genius. Yes. I mean, that's really the training tool. And you can't get any better than training from the specs. Mm -hmm. And to do it in a sequential manner, I think that's brilliant. So. I mean, that takes a little, some effort and some rewriting, reorganizing of the specs, putting them in the proper. It all goes back to understanding what that customer is telling you. What are they saying in the specs? Do you agree with the specs? Are the specs hitting those pain points that they have reiterated to you probably several times during your walkthrough? So you know where you're going. Without those elements, you cannot deliver a perceived quality to the customer. And again, it's perceived. Yeah. It's what they think. Well, the specs are definitely the railroad tracks or the boundaries you have to operate within because they're only capable of producing a certain amount of cleanliness. So yeah, right. I, I think, Ed, the point's very critical. You do have to use those as your railroad tracks, your guidelines, or your boundaries, whatever you want to call them, in educating and, and when you're talking to the customer, getting everybody on the same page as to what these will produce. Is that a representation of what you were saying, Ed? Yeah, no, it's a fair representation, yeah. Yeah, I think we all did that. It's just, yeah, but it's getting in their head and working with them. And I think the well, other thing, oh, go ahead, yeah. Yeah. No, what I was going to say was, uh, I hate for this to sound bad, but if it was a customer I really cared about, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you you feel differently about different clients, you know, that Mm -hmm. thankfully that once a month there is a fond memory, you know, and it's moved up, one up, you know, 
When the check hits the bank and clears, is that the fond memory? That's pretty much it. Yeah, okay. That's pretty much it. So, but looking at moods and so forth, I think it is wise to go one step further. What I always try to do is I always try to forge some sort of a personal connection. And yep. sometimes it was a stretch. Sometimes it was only, well, we both had kids. <laughs> but what I tried to, as best I could, is create a, a personal connection. And that way, there was a trust factor, okay, that was being developed. And so when we were to screw up, they knew that this was not part of the program and we were going to fix it right away because we liked each other. <laughs> we want to do a good job. You know, the clients that I was less successful with were ones that I could not make a personal connection. And some of them right. were just, you know, a-holes. I mean, they, they live are, out there, all said and done. Yeah. They exist. Yeah. Some of them are just jerks. So Definitely. Yeah, the connection's critical. That's how we all did it. We were all relationship business. This is a relationship business. We've said this before. You'll hear it again and again. It's relationships with your service and it's relationships with the customer. And whether you're the president of the company, the area manager, the GM, you're managing relationships up one level and down one level, regardless of where you sit. I was going to say on the food chain may not be the best way. How about the org chart? But where right. you sit on that, it's managing relationships and it's managing outcomes. And right. we'll talk about managing, you know, service techs and things like that later on, but it's the same thing. Whoever's managing has to find some sort of connection. So people will, you know, hopefully want to stay. But it's mm -hmm. the same thing with the customers. They stay to people they're connected to. They don't stay connected to what was CBM systems or Bob. Yeah, it was Beachland Cleaning Service. Yeah, yeah. we'll be talking about Ed's story and road to, road to success. It was real simple for Ed. It was, <laughs> it was, it was four times as a charm, not three. The most important thing with building these relationships, these connections, there's a lot of ways to say it. I've always said it this, and when I'm working with businesses, coaching, advising, you know, be explicit. Say what you're going to do, first thing. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's when I'm going to do it. Then do what you said you were going to do, when you said you were going to do it, and then come back around and follow up and make sure it was done. That is a fail-safe recipe for success when dealing with people. Another way of saying it, it may be adding a cherry on top of that particular explanation, is always over-deliver, never under-deliver. And the way to always over-deliver is to make sure what you tell someone you're going to do, you can get it done sooner than when you promise you're going to do it. Unless they put you in a box and say, I want it done in three seconds, whole different conversation. But make sure you can deliver and get it done and beat the time limit you give them. And those are things that uh, you just got to do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. I mean, otherwise you lose credibility. And I think the relationship kind of goes down the tubes at that point. Well, listen, on that point, I think that is so key to uh, look, if there's a problem. I'm not going home until I know for a fact it's done. Right. Yep. I'm not going home until I know for a fact it's done, okay? And if they took the trouble to call me, uh -huh. I'm taking a ride. Yep. Ed, you hit ride. I agree. That, that's one of my hot buttons is you cannot build these relationships from your desk chair. 
it, it, it will help. But you have to get out from behind your computer screen and go talk to people. You have to shake hands, smile, and give them the confidence you're going to take care of the problem. One of my favorite ones was I worked with a fellow, and what he did was he had begged this company for for a deal on one of their locations, and they gave him a location 1,800 miles away. Every time there was a phone call, this guy would get on a plane. Wow. And if that sounds extreme, the way it worked out was... (laughs) It took a little while, but he wound up with $25 million a month of work. Yeah. Maybe so, another way of yeah, saying yeah, this you, is yeah, operator and owner who sits on bottom remains on bottom. Right. Yeah. I had, one of my first consulting deals, the guy, this guy told me that, uh, and I was just trying to get a feel for his company and uh, you know who he was and stuff like that. And what he told me was, look, he said, <laughs> success in the cleaning business is directly related to the amount of distance between you and the toilet. Really? Hmm. Good point. Hmm. Yep. And he couldn't understand what the problem was, but I went into one of his buildings, and it was about 8 o'clock, and I was asking the supervisor, says, what's going on here? What's the problem? What do we got going here? He says, supervisor says, I have no idea. Listen, some great big guy came in here two nights ago, handed me the keys, and said I was in charge. So. <laughs> okay. Well, I think we've covered everything we wanted to cover on this today. The Scrub Down, a recap of what was covered on today's episode. Sharon, you're on. Scrub Down. So my takeaway from today is a key point with me, and that is listen to what your customer is telling you. They may not say it in so many words. You may have to decipher, but listen to what they're saying because they give you a lot of hints and a lot of clues about where they're coming from. When you know where they're coming from, you can help identify where you're going. Ed. Well, once again, it was, for me, it had to do with the client's moods. And my big play was always like, listen, let's get to the scope of work. I would even hand a copy of the scope of work to every single person in the building that worked for me. But I did it in order of how it was to be, for, be performed. Okay. So at the top of the list was not dust the light bulbs. You did a route card. You do this daily. Yeah, no, the, well, yeah, but you hand it to them, and it's based on the specifications. And then there's mm-hmm. no question about what's supposed to get done. Okay, that's a killer. <laughs> oh, yes, we've all had those discussions. I think for me, lastly, I'll go back to the point I spent some time on. Do what you say you're going to do, when you say you're going to do it. And that's very simple. And if you say you're going to do it, I don't care if you like to do it or want to do it, you better do it when you said you were going to do it because that is a credibility that's key to relationship building. It builds trust. It builds confidence. And that's what they want. They've handed us the keys or the electronic cards, whatever you will, to that site. And we have one job, and that's to keep them out of dealing with housekeeping or maintenance issues so they don't have to deal with it. And so when you tell somebody you're going to do something, tell them when, tell them what, and then follow up and make sure you did it. And that stays well. That sits well in their mind. Miss those dates and deadlines, and you're going to have issues having a satisfied customer. 
So I think with all of us, we're going to say goodbye till the next episode, and we'll see everybody next time. Thanks for listening. Bye.